0: pain during sex is called dyspareunia about seven percent of women experience pain during sex of those seven percent about one quarter of them report that the pain had been occurring frequently or even every time they had intercourse over at least six months that's just from one study today we'd like to look at some of the most common causes so that if you're experiencing dyspareunia you may have a starting point to know how to explore and hopefully resolve this challenge
1: the Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gandell from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for smart people. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an educational episode for you this week. It's episode number 260, and today we're going to be talking about why some women experience pain during sex.
2: Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed what husbands can do when they've been betrayed by their wife. Worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us.
0: And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound, research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into this topic for Linda of why women may be experiencing pain during sex. We're going to speak to the issue just for women today only and for husbands in a few weeks from now in a future episode. Okay. This is a relatively common issue, even at 7%. I think that's common enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, the lifetime prevalence is going to be higher. And I would expect that every person is likely to have at least some discomfort, if not some pain, during the course of their sexual interactions with their spouse over the lifetime of their marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. And it can be tough to talk about for some people. So we hope that today's show serves as a bit of an icebreaker, and introduction to the subject. We're not sexologists or sex therapists or medical professionals. I am a marriage counselor if you're just new to the show. So we do address sexual issues, but just be reminded that if you're experiencing pain, your wisest course of action is, first of all, with your doctor or gynecologist, and also possibly with a sex therapist as well.
2: Okay.
0: Um, kind of making uh, pointers in which direction uh, you're more likely to need to go as we go through these different possible sources of pain. Okay. Are there more reasons for pain during sex than what we will cover? For example, we're not going to address uh, urinary tract infections or even sexually transmitted infections today. There's no particular reason to avoid them, but we just had quite a bit of material to cover. But anxiety and menopause are two major causes, so we'll start with them. Okay. Um, And as always, uh, if uh, none of our answers or ideas seem particularly satisfying... Reach out. See a doctor. Reach out to us. Uh, Whatever, probably see a doctor first in this particular case. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with anxiety and sexual anxiety, maybe in particular, but a little bit around anxiety generally as well. It could be sexual anxiety or sexual performance anxiety, something that affects men and women of all ages, regardless of how much experience sometimes they have had with sexual intercourse. And there's a variety of possibilities here. So a newly married wife may be quite self conscious or too self conscious to tell her husband what she does not enjoy. And so that could even, you know, over a few weeks or months lead to some trepidation or anxiety about having sex, which could result in pain during sex. Uh, In other cases, the anxiety may be something that's short-lived with a couple or maybe something that occurs on a regular basis or intermittently, but could just interfere with a a healthy sex life. In most cases, um, and this is from, according to sex educator Amy Jo Goddard, this response is conditioned by the way in which we're brought up to think about certain aspects of sex and our own bodies and by social expectations that impact our relationship with our own sexuality. So it means that messages from your family of origin, your church, from locker room discussions or friends at school, all those sources could potentially contribute to anxiety during sex. Ah.
2: Like
0: just, you're thoughts about it, right? Okay. Now, other times it may simply be a lack of sex education, perhaps not that you don't understand how sex works, but you're just not prepared for all the realities of sexual encounters with your husband. Everyone functions differently, uh, has different needs when it comes to sex, and not being well-educated or broadly educated or just not knowing these things. I don't mean to Make it sound like people are dumb, but just not knowing these things can Mm -hmm. lead you to feel unsure about the techniques or even the words to use around giving and achieving and receiving pleasure, asking for things, uh, stating needs and all of that.
2: Okay. I didn't even know sexual anxiety
0: was like, had its own little term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you may also experience fear because of myths even around pregnancy or myths around how your body is supposed to react during sex. So anxiety though is going to impact arousal. Right, and that impacts your body's ability to prepare itself for penetration for intercourse, oh,
2: okay.
0: particularly as it relates to the lubrication of your vagina. And now we get back to pain, right, from the brain down to pain, right? Okay. And as well, you know, this is why I'm saying it's not even just sexual anxiety. It could be anxiety about anything, about how you're going to pay the bills tomorrow, about your child's health, the oh. family get-together that's coming up next week, whatever, right? General anxiety can impact your sexual experience, potentially resulting in comfort or pain. Some people discomfort. will feel anxiety about those things and it won't result in discomfort or pain. Okay. It won't affect their sexuality. Okay. So it can vary from person to person and and there's all sorts of factors.
2: Yeah. yeah. So is there anything you can do about it? Like for anxiety?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there are. And we'll just cover some of the things here. With such a wide variety of potential sources for anxiety, it's challenging to cover all these, all the possible solutions, right? Okay, yep. like I started writing this section and realized I could probably do an episode on it or two, maybe. But if your anxiety is more generalized, then it may be that taking care of that anxiety may also end up taking care of the pain during sex as well. Mm. So that's one or okay. one possibility. But looking okay. at sexual anxiety specifically, the first thing is is it good to check in with your own expectations of yourself? Do you expect yourself to be a perfect romantic or a sexual partner right away if you've been recently married? Like you do you mm. have a have you placed a high expectation of, on yourself to be amazing in bed? Or right. even if you've been married a while, to be amazing all the time. Right. Do you remember that show we did um happily married couples, I think like half their that's sexual encounters the are or what was the word not amazing or
2: I was going to say not amazing, but
0: something like that. And they're still happily married. Right. So, so sometimes like a person may come into marriage thinking that they really have to be a star in bed Mm -hmm. in order for the marriage to be happy. So there's very, there's a lot of performance Mm. pressure they put on themselves. Yeah,
2: for sure. Okay. So check your your own expectations. Not that we don't want you
0: to bring the best version of yourself, but just watch those expectations. Mm -hmm. If you're worried about taking too long to orgasm or if you're struggling to stay aroused or just not being aroused or getting aroused in the first place, those are things that you'll have to find ways to talk about and to work through collaboratively with your spouse, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: preferably without either party feeling blamed or taking the problem personally. But how can you look at this as a problem to solve together? And this is a challenging area for couples to talk about because before your sexual relationship, you've never really had these discussions. No. Right? Right. And so it's new language. It's very personal, right? There's a fear of being hurt or hurting your spouse. But how can you guys really kind of frame this challenge into something that gets solved between you real time in the context of intimate connection and in tender loving care in a way that's thoughtful? Hmm. So it's important to be kind to yourself here as well as respectful to your spouse during this process.
2: Yeah, because those would be kind of awkward They're conversations, hard discussions to have. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, if you know there's a deeper psychological reason behind the pain, it's worth uh, considering confronting that issue um, with maybe with your spouse or Can't letting confront? your spouse know. Yeah, uh, facing. I mean, like uh, if again, there could be any number of significant sources here, mm-hmm. some of which will have different implications. Okay, you may have been sexually abused and never disclosed that to anybody. Okay. Okay. Your spouse may not actually be the best person to start with, or they may be. It just depends on your spouse. I don't know right. who your spouse is. A therapist would be a good person to talk to. It mm-hmm. may be that you have strong negative beliefs about sexuality. And maybe mm-hmm. you and your spouse enjoy just kind of digging through those theological issues and how they impact life. And that's all you need to do is have, you know, start talking through that. And, okay. And you can kind of help each other there, right? So, I again, I so don't So, by
2: confront, like when I think confront, I think like. Yeah, I know. It blaming or yeah, like an issue. It's
0: not the right word. But um, facing
2: it. Like, sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's better.
0: If you always have pain during intercourse, right, it can, what happens is it can create a difficult cycle to break out of because you may involuntarily tighten your muscles in anticipation of the pain. Um, and then that tightening yes. causes the pain or further pain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so one basic approach to try here is to reassure yourself that your spouse, assuming these things are true, um, which I think for most people with married to a caring husband, it will be true. Your spouse wants to be with you. He welcomes your presence and your sexual needs, and he wants you to be at ease and comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. So just kind of reassuring yourself of that. What you're trying to do is lower that sense of demand or pressure on yourself and to move yourself to more a place of openness and curiosity.
2: Okay, and that'll Here. just lower the anxiety.
0: Lower the anxiety, help you to relax.
2: Okay. Maybe get to help those things. Okay.
0: Now, we also need to talk about menopause. So whereas some of this stuff, we're maybe looking more at the start of marriage Menopause may involve falling hormone levels, which can have a variety of effects. There may be less interest in sex as well uh, than your husband has, and that may make sexual encounters tense and stressful, Mm -hmm. which could very easily lead to pain. There can be a physical shift in your body as a result of menopause towards vaginal dryness, which could lead to pain during intercourse. Okay. And from what I understand, it's dwindling estrogen that comes as a result of menopause. That's the number one reason For pain during sex at midlife and beyond. And hormone shifts make the tissues in your vagina to become thinner and drier as well. And that leads to physical friction uh, during sex. Your vagina may also become less stretchy. So things may feel tighter during intercourse. And... All of the th- these things could contribute to pain. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a number of ways to compensate for the effects of menopause in order to reduce that pain during sex. The first thing to know is that you can go to your doctor for a prescription of estrogen, and he can talk to you about that and the possible um, side effects of that and so on. But that may help make intercourse less painful. Uh, the treatment for that comes in three forms. is a cream or a tablet or a ring. For other women, simply using a good water base to supply the estrogen. Okay. For other women, simply using a good water-based lubricant during sex may help with a lack of lubrication, especially if the dryness is the issue more than the soreness. And you can also, another option is to use a vaginal moisturizer, which is something that you would apply regularly, not just during intercourse. And I understand for that as well, there's both over-the-counter and prescription options there. So that's sort of vagina care, right? Which you may not have needed to do before. Right. Putting more emphasis on foreplay may help. Being more aroused before penetration means you'll be more lubricated. So you could give yourself, you know, again, just notice your expectations of yourself here. Instead of seeing yourself as a problem, this is an excuse to enjoy and extend the amount of time that you spend together. Okay. And giving yourself more time to enjoy caressing, perhaps oral sex or different positions, as well having sex more often more, like a higher frequency of sex Mm -hmm. will lead to increased blood flow to your sexual organs, which may help with lubrication, which will make intercourse less painful. Okay. Uh, You know, maybe a little tough to get there if you're starting from a place of pain, pain. right?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, But
0: as a longer term strategy, working towards, if you want, more frequent and without pain, those two things may be a longer term goal that you'd work on simultaneously. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's menopause and pain. Now, vaginismus is another is a common condition. That involves an involuntary spasm, meaning it's not within your control. Mm -hmm. In the vaginal muscles, that comes from a tightening of the pelvic floor muscles. Okay. And vaginismus is sometimes caused by anxiety about having sex or a fear of being hurt during sex. That aren't all the reasons, uh, but those are a couple samples. If you have this condition, you may also notice pain inserting a tampon, assuming that's not just due to a lack of lubrication. And there are exercises called Kegel exercises that can help you learn to relax the muscles surrounding your vagina. And doing counselling related to the source of the fear or anxiety related to sex or to penetration can also help with vaginismus. It responds well to sex therapy. But if you'd like to learn more about Kegel exercises, we have written those up in our bonus guide for this week's episode of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And that guide's available to our patrons once again as a downloadable PDF, and we'll take a short break here to tell you more about that patronage program.
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at oyf.support. That's oyf.support.
0: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about vaginismus. In covering anxiety and menopause and vaginismus, we've dealt with some of the most common sources. But I just thought, really, let's run through some, of the, some more potential sources of pain in case some of our listeners are experiencing these as well. Okay. Or one of these. Mm-hmm. And some of these I have heard of before and a couple of them, three, four, maybe I have not even heard of before. So they're new to me. I got to do some learning here as well. Uterine fibroids.
2: Mm-hmm. what are they?
0: you can always tell it's a new one i'm learning if i can't even pronounce <laughs> it, <can't>
2: pronounce it.
0: <laughs> these are benign lumps that grow in the uterus symptoms may include heavy periods cramping and an urge to urinate as well like a common urge to urinate as well as painful sex so okay. your best option here is to start with your doctor treatment options may include hysterectomy which is removal of the uterus embolization which is a minimally invasive surgical technique and also just hormone therapy can help apparently as well. Hmm. So that's another possibility. Then there's endometriosis. Um this is a difficult condition where the tissue that lines your uterus can grow elsewhere within or even outside your pelvis. Oh really? Yeah, and the consideration there is that particularly if you're premenopausal, it's it's um that tissue is is reacted the same as the rest of your uterine tissue during your period. Oh. But it's outside of like the normal area where that flow can yeah can come through right causing pain in stomach pelvis and even your back during sex not assuming every sex during your period but because this tissue is ulcer so you definitely want to see the doctor i think most women who have this will already know about it because they're having issues with their period
2: oh okay okay Uh,
0: but if you're experiencing deeper pain it's possible maybe it hasn't been diagnosed not just pain at penetration your doctor can diagnose this and can recommend treatments for you as well if it's if it could be that there's also pelvic inflammatory disease and here the tissues deep inside you become badly inflamed the pressure of intercourse can cause deep pain again you'll want to see a doctor here for appropriate treatment so in these two is kind of the more the deep pain signal that you're noticing yeah and then there's vaginal inf- infections this is possibly one of the simpler causes you may have a yeast infection which causes pain and itching in the vaginal area And of course, a yeast infection can be treated with an over-the-counter product. You can also see your doctor. There are stronger prescription medications that are available there too, especially if it's reoccurring, that kind of thing. Okay. Another possibility is previous injuries, an injury from childbirth, such as a tear or even an episiotomy, which is where the doctor makes a cut between the vagina and the anus during labor. That can cause pain now or even though it's healed. Mm-hmm. Um, the treatment for this will vary depending on the injury. Sometimes a pain relieving cream will be sufficient, like topically applied to the skin of that area outside okay. and the external part of the body there. There may be also work you can do with your pelvic floor muscles, and there's a surgery, I forget what it's called, to remove the irritated tissue as well Hmm. that may also need to be done or could be done. Again, it's going to depend on the injury, so a doctor or gynecologist is the right place to start here as well. A related topic to this is having sex too soon after childbirth, so doctors advise waiting six weeks after childbirth before having sex. Mm -hmm. Of course, different people may heal at different rates. Right. And then there's vulvodynia. Which is a condition that causes an almost chronic or constant burning or raw feeling around the vulva. Doctors are not sure what the cause is, but self care and medical treatments can bring relief. So it's specific to the pain around the vulva. And then there's uh, the possibility of a tilted uterus. About one in four women have a tilted uterus. I see my autocorrect changed that to a titled uterus. (laughs) It means that the, the uterus leans backwards at the cervix instead of tipping forward. And this is not always going to result in pain during sex, but it can make sex for some people, and especially in certain positions, painful.
2: Oh, okay. And the solution
0: here is really to experiment with different positions to find ones that aren't painful.
2: Okay. So this isn't something that's like wrong with you that needs corrected. It's just different. Just
0: adjusting for it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, A history of sexual abuse. Not all women who experience pain during intercourse have a history of sexual abuse, of course, and not all women with a history of sexual abuse will have pain during intercourse, but some women who are abuse survivors may experience pain. And again, it's good to check with a doctor to eliminate other causes. Uh, There could be potentially a previous injury. Okay,
2: or infection. or
0: Yep, but you may wish to do your own personal therapy here as well. If you're a survivor and you have pain that can't be explained by another cause, Hmm. uh, specifically like by a medical cause. And even at that yet, uh, the medical profession may still be able to help because there are medications that the doctor can prescribe to reduce pain, including things like low doses of tricyclic antidepressants, such as amipramine, I'm not going to try to say those other few, as well as medications used in pain management for nerve-related pain, such as duloxetine, gabapentin, and eh, forget it, and some others. Okay, so I'm not trying to make a joke out of this issue. Just my poor pronunciation of medical drugs. But it isn't. It was interesting to me to note that yes, psychotherapy can help as well because you can imagine that if you've been through a very difficult experience like that, it's going to be hard to 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 take the the violating intrusive mm-hmm. presence mm-hmm. of someone in your, in your genital area and separate that from the loving, intimate mm-hmm. connection of someone into the same area.
2: Right, right. Right? That's tough. Yeah.
0: It's tough. But that may be a cause of pain during sex that may come back to an issue like vaginismus or sexual anxiety, that kind of thing. Okay. As well. Yeah. But there's help there too. And so, generally speaking, where there's no underlying medical cause, then sex therapy is often helpful. Uh, even unrelated to abuse, there could be unresolved issues, such as deeper guilt or even inner conflicts regarding sex you may wish to work through with a counselor. That could be, you know, there are issues in your head, but they're leading to pain in your mm-hmm. groin, right? Hmm. As some people say, the brain is the largest sexual organ. Yep. If you're experiencing very intense pain, you should see a doctor right away. If you're unsure of the source of pain, you see your doctor there are other potential issues, of course, besides what we've mentioned here that your doctor can diagnose and recommend treatment for. But I would just encourage you to seek help. It's, it's easy to feel embarrassed by something like this. It's very personal, easy to kind of just sit at home mm-hmm. and not do anything about it. I get that. But if you're finding intercourse painful, you're unsure why, try talking to your husband, to someone you're close to, to your doctor, so that you can begin to understand what's happening. So just encourage you to reach out for, for help and, and start exploring that, even though it is very personal. Is that okay?
2: Yeah. That's interesting. I learned a lot too. Yeah. Awesome.
0: So we didn't have, uh, we're kind of recording two sessions back to back because we're recording these just coming up to Christmas. So we don't have new patrons or new uh, iTunes reviews. But next week we are talking about how to stop taking your spouse for granted. Yeah. Why we might be doing that. Easy trap to fall into. I think we all do that sometimes. Mm
2: -hmm. And as a Christmas present, you can go leave us an iTunes review. We'd be very grateful.
0: (laughs) All I want for Christmas.
2: (laughs) Is an iTunes review. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, and just to wrap up here at the end of the year, since podcasts can be subscribed to and accessed all over the world, we just want to remind you of the disclaimer that this is a self-help tool, does not replace individual counseling, it does not represent an attempt to solicit clients from a jurisdiction where I am not able to practice, but uh, they are, and also these podcasts are not intended for those experiencing severe symptoms, uh, psychological symptoms, or even in today's case, physiological symptoms for which medical or emergency help should be sought depending on what you're experiencing. So please keep that in mind.
2: That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link 260. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to OYF.Support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website OYF.Support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the marriage podcast for smart people from only you forever.